This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London 1000th podcast. And as you can tell, I'm here in the pub with the characters. Oh, we've been drinking. We're going to go home soon. Okay, that's not true. That's not true because we've actually got to talk about stuff. Right. Okay, as we said to you, this is a tremendous, a really celebratory moment. With our thousand podcasts, this is listen. Besotted, I mean, listen. Laney and we said, Bill, he keeps saying we're coming up to a thousand podcasts. You're like going, yeah. I looked at it, we were like, no, we're at eight hundred. We're at eight hundred twenty. Yeah, not. We thought you were never going to get there, but finally, we are here at a thousand podcasts. And I have to say, <laughs> it actually feels really, really good. And like I said to you, we're in the Castle Pub here in Ealing, great pub. Again, the interesting thing about this pub is actually the pub that we've actually never been to. I mean, we've been to so many pubs that we're going to talk about later on this podcast run that we been doing over the past what's it um what 10 years i think it is now as well so we've been to so many pubs we're gonna actually ask people as well how many pubs they think we've been to but like i said to you this is a new one but it's a great little place it's been done up here nice little local joint as well and they've been taking very very good care of us like i said to you but on this podcast show here we're going to go a double bubble because this is going to be podcast thousand point one and then we're going to do a thousand two as well so we're going to have two it's going to be two episodes so you've got lots and lots and lots to listen to like I said to you and in this podcast what we're going to do we're going to reminisce about the last 10 years the last thousand podcasts we're going to find funny moments good moments interesting moments characters that came on and everything like that but like I said to you my name is Billy the B Grant and I've got characters here in the house and I've got some of the originals here I've got the Allard in the place the Allard how are you I'm very well very well. Um, good fun to be here tonight. Nice to see everybody. Get around the table, have a few beers. That's right, that's right. Does, does this, is it bringing you back some memories? Is it bringing it back? Yeah, this is how we used to do it. Um, we sit around the table, you used to do an intro, get it wrong, then we'd have to record it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, like tonight, you mean? Exactly like tonight. And then, and then about 30 minutes in, you'll say, oh, I haven't pressed record. Uh, that's not me, that's Laney. Hopefully not. 
that's right. Okay. So like I said, the original Allardon House. And listen, also, if you go to Pride of West London and you go down to our ACAST page as well, you scroll back to the... You can start from the bottom. So you can start, start from the very first podcast, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And you can actually listen to every single one of our thousand podcasts as well. As well. Another one of the originals in the place, we got Savvy B. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Ah, yeah, it's, good to, it's good to have you sitting around in the... No virtual nonsense here at all, is it? Well, there'll be a bit of virtual nonsense because we've got some of the characters who we're going to be sort of kind of... We're going to be beaming them in virtually as well because it's obviously not everyone can join us for a couple of beers like we've had the beers here today. We're talking about Savvy B. So is this, this well, is bringing back memories for you. It's, it's great, great memories because I, I, I did a lot of the pub ones and when Covid hit, I kind of didn't get on with the old... Uh, technical stuff and doing it through Skype and, and whatever so I kind of I drifted off a bit yeah. so, uh, so yeah. it's so, really beautiful to be back here in the pub again so we bring, in, bring, in, bring that beat back as they say Savvy B which is all in the past so we've also got another one of the originals as well because I said to you if you go back to the very very early podcast we in effect what we used to do is that you know we used to just ring each other up and say right we're going to run, record another podcast now let's go down the pub and, and it's amazing how people would be so eager every Wednesday literally every single Wednesday to go down the pub to talk, well, talk football but also drink a lot of beer wasn't it the Dutchman in the house hello everyone um, yeah that was always a difficult call wasn't it Dutch would you like to go out for some beers and some food and talk football for an hour yes please and, uh, <laughs> never was an hour though was it <laughs> that, that was the conversation much better doing the ones in, a, in the pub as Saf said um, always enjoy the in-person ones a lot better than the, uh, the technical ones where the pressure of performing up to your high standards Billy always you know affects the brain and the output but delighted to be here with um, you and the other characters tonight excellent and then again original but he's, he's been doing the podcast I'm going to leave him to a little bit later because he's sitting down there and he's drinking his beer and he doesn't want to be disturbed as well we also <laughs> yeah but also the other thing as well and there's another person you could say to because we've got the liberal in the house and everyone's going oh my god the liberal's in the house because the liberal was one of the original posse as well in the place but unfortunately like I said to you the, the original liberal Nick couldn't be in this place so what he said he made a phone call to us and said you have to replace me with the other liberal we got liberal tom in the house liberal tom how are you i'm oh, very well thank you that's it i'm honored to be here amongst the, some esteemed characters that's it I've, i feel like i'm in kind of besotted royalty here that's it so it's special going yes well steaming esteemed i'm not sure it could be a bit of both really that's right so liberal tom is in the place and i say liberal tom joined us probably a little bit later in our podcast journey as well he's going to be talking about that and other things a little bit later on we've got dan the man because he is the man in the place to be dan the man how are you i'm very well thanks for having me on congratulations to you and uh laney for the, the, the thousand podcast it's been a, it's been a ride it's been a rocky ride but it's been good okay you don't need to talk to us about the, your weekend's activity because we shall move on from that as well but anyway listen and also a man in the house as we do we want you know we've done podcast number one we've done podcast number a thousand we do podcast number 742 together myself and laney in the place to be he's sitting here right beside me he's finished his beer for now he's ordered another one which is all good but so he's got a little <laughs> bit of time to talk to you about stuff lady how are you good evening bill how are you hey! yes yeah, so I'm, I'm 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 delighted you know I, I, as i said it's a, it's a huge landmark um Club Shop Anne, as she's given us these two two beautiful certificates, um, and uh, so thank you to Anne for that. It says uh, congratulations on the thousandth episode of the Besotted Podcast, Dave Laney Lane. A massive thank you for all Brentford supporters around the world for your contributions and fantastic commitment. So yeah, it's it's um it's been a journey, mate, and um. I'm just very proud to have got here. So, yeah, well done, Bill. Yeah, well done, Laney, which is all good as well. So, listen, 
we, oh, you know, we, we were going to sit down and plan this one for weeks and weeks, but it hasn't quite happened like that. So we end up sort of scribbling on the train. We've got a load of notes, and we're just going to talk randomly about the last thousand podcasts, about the last ten years of Besotted, and we're going to bring you in, give you some memories. Some people may not remember that people might have joined Brentford or started supporting Brentford very recently. So this will give you a little bit of a journey through to go back into the past and check it out because there's a lot of very, very interesting and good things happen. But the, the first question, we'll just go around there quickly. Um, can you remember your first podcast or the first podcast that you actually remember doing, um, the Savvy B? Yeah, I do. It's actually the, uh, the number one, number one podcast <laughs> at, uh, at the hospital club. And I remember it because... Hold on a second. Oh, and, oh there we go. Already. Oh, it there it wasn't number one. I mean, I was just thinking, hold on a second. I thought Savvy B does not go to any games outside the M25. So he, <laughs> could, have done, he could not have done the number one podcast, could you? Oh, oh no. Sorry. Oh, there we go. The, the, the number one studio podcast, oh. yeah. not not the on the train running back to from the ground podcast, but number one studio one was at the hospital club, and uh, I remember it because I brought most of the gear along because this was so early in uh, Bistotted. By, by, by that, you mean recording? Yeah, recording equipment. Uh, yes, sorry, yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> re- recording gear along because uh, in those early days, uh, Bistotted didn't have their own gear, so they borrowed mine. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and, and the thing is, it was. I mean, you sort of got your box sort of crane and everything like that. There was all sorts of gear, wasn't it? Like it, was, it wasn't like today's portable stuff. Like you know, you had to have all sorts of lifting equipment to just get the gear into the hospital club, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I, I remember. Um, I think it was a slightly later one at the Globe, where uh, I, I bought a boom mic in because we had a big table of about ten people around it, and I had to get from one person to the other. And as the pub filled up, I was basically sort of just hitting people with the boom mic as they walked past me with their beer. So, so it was it's quite stressful, but I, I do remember the, the fun of it, yeah. Yeah, we did try to be quite professional, or actually look quite professional, even though it probably sounds like a complete and utter shambles when you listen to it at the other end. But that's that's part of the joy and the fun of the podcast. We've got the Allard in the place. Allard, can you remember your first podcast? Yeah, I do. I, do. I think it was online, though. And I think um, I think it's probably the first one we did online, and we, we, we certainly hadn't mastered that. I... I reckon we did a Skype group call or something like that, which we've moved way beyond now. Um, and um, and I don't even think I've met I don't think I've met Laney at this point. I think somehow I'd throw my name into the ring through Twitter or something and said, "Oh, I'll come on and talk some bollocks." And um, and, and surprisingly, you invited me on and kept inviting me. That's right. That's right. That's right. He, he knows what he's talking about. Well, sort of anyway. This is this is all good. The Dutchman, can you remember your first pod? No. It's a sh- <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. <laughs> Genuinely, I can't remember which the first one was. I mean, we've done a few over the years in different venues, which, which we'll touch on, I'm sure. I um, certainly remember being in the Globe fairly early on um, with one of them, and I remember being in the hospital club as well. But bizarrely, I don't actually remember what the first one was. I have to do some more research, sorry. There you go. Liberal Tom, I mean, like I said to you, I mean, we talked about a bit of an older spread there, as in, like, you know, going back to the early days. The Dutchman can't remember what days he went back to, but you, probably a sort of slightly younger days, isn't it? That's it. I've even been back through, I've looked through about the four different broadcast print, you know, uh, platforms that we've used over the time so you go back to episode 538 was the first time I appeared so that's it and do you know what amazingly you look like you've aged backwards that's it you look younger then and you, do, you learn younger now than you did then that's it. he's such a charm really <laughs> you've got to try haven't you really that's it I've got to keep getting invited back on somehow that's it you know but no it's, it's amazing that's it and it's nice I was saying, but 538 is nothing to anybody what was 538 what game was it uh, if, so we weren't even a game at the point I remember we had 
a big discussion where you were telling us, don't tell anyone, but I think Morpai's definitely gone. Uh, and we were about 2019 we were, so July 2019. I had South by my side to guide me through my first experience. But uh, yeah, we'd, uh, we had Pontus Janssen we were talking about then. We were talking about all the big transfers we were making that big window and we were kind of coming to the end of an era and the start of a new one. But championship days, big days. So, okay, so basically what you're saying is that you were quite impressed. Obviously the, 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 the record button wasn't uh, actually pressed at the time. You were quite impressed with our, our, our knowledge of what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, you knew everything. That was it. It was always finger on the pulse. That was it. I felt like once I got inside the inner circle, I was gonna, I was gonna want to too many truths. That was it. Perhaps I know too much. Too many stir, tomato sauces. About that's what it was. You see, but uh, but no, that was it. You guys knew it all, and that was it. It was nice to be on the inside scoop for once. All right. Okay. And and, and since then, has it has gone downhill? <laughs> oh, that's it. Frankly, now that's it. I'm surprised you can remember anything. That's it. The number of pints that you guys have consumed through a thousand episodes. I'm surprised you remember anything, even your names. You know. What's your name? Uh, exactly. That's it. I forget. <laughs> Liberal Nick, isn't it? I think. Uh-huh. Got Dan the man. Could you remember your first episode? Uh, yes, I don't know what uh, number podcast it was, but I do remember it was the Distillers in Hammersmith. That was my first one, Ooh, and that was, good. that was a good joint. That was a very good joint, and uh, I actually pass it through works as the studios there. Uh, near, near near the uh, pub so every time I drive past it there's always a bit of a glint in my eye oh. happy happy memories of my first pod- podcast in the distillers in Hammersmith that's right okay I want to go to Laney as well I want to say obviously I'll ask you what your first podcast because the thing is interestingly how we used to do it before uh, people don't know we used to actually do um, a video so we started doing the video blogs in 2013 so we used to do a video blog if you check it out on Bizsighted 1992 on YouTube <laughs> there literally is a video for every single game probably between 2013 and about 2019 or something like that, home and away. We've got a video blog for that as well. So we started to do that. But as um, you know, my, my daughter started to get older as well. So there's wanted more time on, on, on a Sunday I had to take her to places like diving and ballet and stuff like that. So we couldn't actually kind of get up at six o'clock in the morning and spend five hours editing videos. So it stopped and it, it morphed into podcasts. And as well, you start to get really busy. So the video sort of backed off a little bit and we moved into podcasts. And so not talking about the video stuff because we could, I mean, if we were here we'd be here all night until the next day but the podcast itself obviously the first podcast that we did was that Middlesbrough train podcast which was the first it was um, in uh, September in 2014 we played Middlesbrough as well and it was our first season in the championship as well we were very excitable do you remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. I mean, um, Borough had a real sort of like hoodoo over us and, um, yeah, it, it was always quite daunting going to the riverside. And you're right to touch upon like, the videos. I mean, you know, the Besotted journey, for those that don't don't really know it, it started back in 1990 um, when the, the inky paper fanzine, the magazine, started. Um, and that we did 100 and, 110 issues of that, I, I, I think, something something along, something like that. Never really officially said I'm never going to do a, a printed version ever again. Um, I want to, but how do you sell these things when no one's got money anymore? Um, and then we, yeah, we, we've always used technology. Uh, we've always tried to be at the cutting edge of it. With a, we had the first Brentford fan website. In, um, we, we were doing videos, as you rightly said, um, making documentaries and, and, and stuff like that. And then the podcasts you know really actually was a step backwards from the videos it was it was an older tech but it's 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 enabled us to speak to more fans and to get more opinion um straight away you know 
straight after the game, either yourself mostly or me, we're there speaking to anyone who wants to talk about the game. It's absolutely brilliant to get the, that heat of the moment, raw energy, and uh, just that, just just that real passion and or or, di- or distraughtness. And then obviously during the week we can sit down and chew the fat in a little bit more depth and and, and drink loads of beer. That's right. That's so, right. That's so yeah, so it's, it's enabled us to carry on, and uh, you know we still love doing it. Absolutely, we love doing it. So we've got Dean here from the castle here. He's delivering the goods. He's delivering the chips and the food and the beers as well. Hey, top, hey, top boys. Hey, there you go, Dean. In the house to be. He's good boy as well. You know what I'm saying? If you, listen, if you're passing through Ealing, just come down, go down to the game, just, just pop in here for a quick pint, actually, which is all good. But like I said to you, so that, that just coming back to that game, 20th, Saturday the 20th of September 2014, our first podcast was recorded, and it was recorded on the train back yep. from Middlesbrough. We were in the championship. We were just very excited because, like, you know, for years, being a Brentford fan, I've never, 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 never really kind of like had any major success, really. You know, we got promoted out of the, the third tier one time and we remained in the second tier as it is, which is the championship. Now, for one season, we went out again and then we were like basically third tier and fourth tier for all of that time. So, literally, that's, that was our lives. So, all of a sudden, it's like we had promoted ourselves out of the... The, the, the third tier again this time right and done it in a blaze of glory we're in the championship and we were just happy to be there we literally if you can ask any Brentford fan that season what position would they have been happy to finish in nearly every Brentford fan would have said I'm just happy to finish I was at 2019 I think it was because it's like 24 places I think in that league four, four relegation spots I think it was or was it three rele- three, le- three relegation spots I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll get confused I don't know is it three relegation spots or three relegation spots in that one so the 24, 20th I think it was whatever like that basically as long as you finish just above that line every Brentford fan that's all they wanted like you know we came into that league we had a you know interesting alright first month you know what I'm saying? The first month, and then we, I mean, we went up to Middlesbrough. We went up there. You know, we've heard about Middlesbrough first time. You know, I've been up there before, but first time I've been there for a long, long time. Had a really, really good day discovering this, the, the, the microbreweries that were made out in, in little houses, you know, the Baker Street and everything like that. So we had a really great day with the Borough fans, really, really friendly. Went to the game, we got absolutely smashed 4 0. And then we just press the button. We open up the button on the way with this new app that I bought. I've got this audio boom app and it's got this thing that you can record. And we went on the train and we just basically said we got 10 minutes to say something and everyone had a minute. And we just went around the table and I think we had 10 voices. Everyone had a minute to say something and I think it finished at nine minutes, nine, like, like nine, 58 <laughs> seconds or something like that. And it's that we put it down and said it's going to upload it to the internet so we just uploaded it to the internet and then we carried on drinking and then we got off at King's Cross and it had about 5,000 listens or something like that and we were like oh my god this is, uh, this is quite good I think we better do this every week didn't it? Yeah it was a, the immediacy of it you know we were able to record it as I said in the heat of battle straight after the game um, just say what you thought and then upload it and, and as you said thousands of people were listening to it I just realised who scored that day Bill was your mate Patrick Bamford <laughs> Yeah we should talk about him a bit later actually He's, yeah, he, he called me a bit earlier on and said, "Look, congratulations on your thousandth podcast, lads." And I said, "Okay, that's Nara and Paddy. I'll talk to you a bit later." But um, like I said to you, so that was our first podcast, and then things just kind of moved on rapidly from that. I mean, let's just talk about because that season it was almost like a coming, a second coming, not a second coming, but a new coming of Brentford because we were in. Uh, we, you know, we used to go to literally every single game, home and away, for about five or six or seven seasons. Okay, so th- and that's what we used to do in the third tier. You know, Sheffield United on a Tuesday night, you know, Bolton or everything like that on a Monday. You know, we used to go to all these places, like, you know, um, week in and week out. 
then all of a sudden we got into the championship and it was like a new world for us and it's an exciting new world for us as well because like you know people didn't necessarily take us that seriously at the time as a, as a club you know so but we didn't mind you know we just thought it doesn't really matter because you know we're so used to going to games and drinking beforehand drinking before it doesn't really matter about that but then it actually became a really exciting season so us recording the podcast around it, it was actually quite an exciting time for us. Yeah, it, it, it probably wouldn't have taken uh, our enthusiasm. Probably wouldn't have been quite as, as, as bonkers for it as if it hadn't been that great season. Because you know, you know what the championship season's like. It's 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 Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, and then you're going down the pub as well and talking about the game on on a, on the other night. So it's, it's a three night a week commitment to to, to Brentford. And but it, as you said, we were riding this brilliant crest of a. Of a Warburton wave at the time, and it was it was it was it was stunning, and which you know leads us to it was it was the same season, wasn't it? That you know the Leeds game where we 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 were we were coming away from from Ellen Road, having won, thinking the the whole world was was every was was stunning, and we were we were never gonna you know never ever the bubble was never gonna burst, and then the next day you know we Warbsgate hit, so we were there to capture that. Which was it was you know added to the drama of the season and the Ellard again you remember that season as well I mean it filled you with a lot of excitement didn't it yeah I mean I, I what, what I remember about it was an away game at Forest early in the season when which we won and um, and it was at that point I knew we'd arrived you know like we were in the championship and and what I'd expected was it was going to be a bit of a battle you know the first game of the season we were happy to get a draw um, with the late equaliser and and, and, and then suddenly we beat Forest away and I suddenly thought actually and I, and I really remember this turning to my mate and saying I think we're quite good and then suddenly things changed and we were really good and we did have the rug pulled from under us with the Warburton thing but also then, I also think that it was really good to have the podcast then as well because actually these were the initial sort of heavyweight discussions that people wanted to listen to and understand and, and or not understand depending on how well we you know how well we described it but it made for a, a really good story that season and, and, and it was really contentious as well because it, it really divided fans and you know it was important we we kind of captured but you know we, we tried to capture both sides of it you know um, it was it was it was difficult because you know we, we didn't want to we didn't want to we didn't feel it was calamity but it, it really did feel like the bubble had burst for a while yeah there, there was some uh, big hammerings that season I recall that we were losing <coughs> three nils and four nils and stuff like that but uh, for me it was that first game at home against Charlton when uh, <coughs> I mean Tommy Smith scored late on but um, but we, we looked competitive throughout that game and I think that really made a difference to how we viewed the division because we were so, as you said, 21st would have done us all at the beginning of that season. But when we saw that, we thought we can hold our own here. And uh, I think that, that kind of showed that you know, we, we did do some really good performances, but we also got hammered a few times. So that's what the contentious thing that Laney's talking about is. Some people thought that we weren't good enough and some people thought that you know, we were great. And I'm, I'm glad you clarified it was 21st, Sav. <laughs> I was going to say it's quite up though in a way that now we're here on the, the thousandth episode when you reflect that Brentford's undergoing a major restructuring at this time at the same time you guys were undergoing the same restructuring <laughs> yourselves and setting up your first podcast so it shows how you were very much in touch with the time and very in tune with the club at the time and even then yeah there's a few phone calls were made right okay listen we're, we're thinking of doing a podcast could you be successful this season please like you know so uh, thank you very much to Matthew Benham and everybody else for actually uh, sort of kind of just, <laughs> just playing, playing ball Bill a question for you because like you, you cast your mind back to that time you know 
there was a, a feeling that you know without Warbs, we we that was it. We 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 were never that 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 Brentford's dream of ever getting to a higher level was was completely you know gone. That we we didn't actually think that. You know, it, it was important. We we believed in in you know in Benham, um, not blindly, but but we we could see a, a bigger picture. We 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 believed passionately that that but Warburton's departure wouldn't was, certainly wasn't the end of the road. So you know, we we are still we're still kind of like riding that wave, aren't we? I mean, again, you know, again, that, that, I mean, talk about that. That was interesting because you know. 2014 podcast started before that the, the, the besotted blog was was you know was was properly hardcore you know we used to write five six seven eight articles a day and we were dropping articles and we were and the same things that maybe we might discuss on the podcast we were actually writing them and there's an argument to say that when you write them as well it gets to maybe, maybe gets a bit of a further reach because like lots of people actually read it on the train as opposed to listening to it and we used to write sort of quite controversial stuff and yes we did used to find out information of things that were happening and we could write about them so there was things where people are trying to poach our players and we found about that that they're trying to poach our players and we actually put the story out there what was true what was going on out there and we actually changed the story from what was happening in the mainstream press and because we were always spot on about what we were telling what was going out there it was uh, uh, we used to get a lot of traction and I think that's all kind of held to build it up so just talking about the Warburton thing which we'll come and we'll talk about a little bit uh, a little bit later Warburton Everyone loved Warburton at the time because he was, you know, he's a clever man and he, you know, he PR'd himself great and he knew, you know, where his bread was buttered. So he, you know, he used to not say pander to the fans, but he was polite to the fans and he used to say the right things and do the right things. And he played some great football and we, we loved it. We loved it. When he was there, the football we played was great because we were going through that transitional stage. And when we, you know, we, we, we heard that he was going to be leaving and, you know, and we had good relationships with him. I used to speak to him all the time, like, you know, and we said to him, no, this, this can't be, this can't be right, Mark, you, you can't go, you can't leave us, we're, we're having such a, we're having a great party. And he was just like, you know, sometimes some things you've just got to, you know, they're going to end. I'm sorry, Bill, but, you know, they're going to, and we were absolutely gutted at the time to the stage where we actually tried to kind of patch things up and tried to get things to sort of kind of get together because we're just thinking this is if he goes it's, it's going to be a disaster you thought initially but then like I said to you when you start getting the feedback as to how the club is trying to be not revolving around one person in particular that was a prime example of you know a situation we say no you can't revolve around one person this is where our, our vision is this is where the view is and at the end of the day if somebody drops off We've got other people to do that, and that and that for, for me was actually quite a telling point of kind of where we were, where we kind of I think almost like grew up a little bit, you know. So is in the in the third tier, you know, if you sold a player, you used to get really upset. No, we can't do that because that's what you used to do in those days. But all of a sudden, you realise actually there's a bigger picture out here, and we were lucky enough to get people to talk to us and tell us how that works, and we eventually realised actually. They know what they're doing, and so we we became a lot more patient as well. I, I I do feel quite lucky actually to be involved in the podcast at that point because I thought Warburton was a was a like a really brilliant coach. I and would go further, but 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 and he didn't ultimately. But gradually, like listening to you guys and that argument, it suddenly all started to make sense that actually you run, you don't run a football club from the manager. You run a football club from the top, and the manager fits into the the you know what comes down and the processes etc from the top he's a part of the jigsaw rather than he's the person running the club and I think I, I think being involved in the podcast really helped me get my head around that argument I, I it was a really sort of interesting time and I do remember some podcasts where we did have some real debates about well who runs the club who owns the club whose club is it and stuff like that 
Um, and yeah, it, it was it was a really sort of interesting transitional time. And suddenly it sort of clicked with me that actually we're doing this differently to everybody else. Where you know you just bring the manager in. They run the club, they sign the players, and then when the next manager comes in, he goes, well, why have I got all these players? And then goes and signs another load of players. But we had just a completely different way of view and structure and way of doing things. And, and, and I say eventually, because at the time, again, when he was there and beforehand, it, they, they tried to keep it like that, the old school way. So it's almost like the clubs had to fight against to try and put their to put their things into place. Look, Jeff, have you got a quick, quick word on yeah, this? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, Matt's right. That it took be started to actually get that information about the club across to the fans. It took about 18 months, two years before it actually happened. But I think we've now all bought into this cult of Brentford because it's a cult. It's a cult is something you, you, you believe in. It's an ethos you believe in. And we now all believe in this stats model, this, this uh, club where no one is, is more important than anyone else. And I think Bissotted has done a major job on that. I, I think Bissotted did a better job of it than the club. <laughs> if I'm honest and I, and, and I honestly mean that in terms of getting that message out the Bizotted and the podcast did, did a far better job of it Demon. I mean I still remember the podcasts you did with Warburton um, that's one that definitely sticks in my mind so I remember driving to the O2 because at the time the company I worked for had the contract for the Brits so I remember driving to Greenwich at the crack of dawn listening to the podcast that dropped you know the, the, that morning and yeah it, it was such a good podcast in the way Besotted interviewed Mark Warburton as a very frank and open uh, chat, and yeah, it's probably one of the. It's in the top ten of the best podcasts that Besotted have done. And, and, and we're going to listen to this right now as well. So uh, just to just to tee it up as well. So basically, Brentford were flying high. Mark Warburton, we loved him. We were playing great football under him. We looked like we were going to be able to go into the playoffs with him in the championship in our very first season. We were so happy. Then all of a sudden, we found out that he's going to be leaving. You know, the word was going out that Brentford were going to fire him and they're going to be using stats computers to go and <laughs> to buy players, which was a load of nonsense at the time because it was a bigger story. But that, that was a story that hit the press. We were gutted, OK? Pick up the phone to Mark. Mark, what's going on? He said to me, well, Bill, you know, there's a few things that's happening. You know, he said, look, do you want to come down? We talk about it. So literally he invited us down to the training ground. Okay. It basically straight through him, no press, no, no, no press department, nothing like that. We walked off straight past the press department, straight for him. And he sat down there, got the microphones out and he sat down and he talked to us about it for, I don't know, an hour, an hour or so, him and David Weir and very, very frank some off the record stuff that he told us but obviously on the record stuff as well and we put it down so this is just giving you a little clip about what we talked about with Mark Warburton at that time First thing is honesty is key David and I and Frank will always give honest opinion and so will Matthew and the board so that, that's a good thing about relationships we're the forthright and you can speak your mind and, and I think uh, as Matthew Staten said they prefer a European model, more of a European model. With this sport, no etta. The more of a head coach as opposed to manager, assistant manager. And as that's the model they prefer. And the recruitment strategy, whilst using traditional scout methods, we have greater emphasis on mathematical modelling, stats, etc., data. And that's it. And, and also, the, you saw the statement that the uh, the manager, the coach, will not have the absolute veto. And we just think, and David was only pin. We just think that. There's certain areas of responsibility which are important because whatever you, you mentioned about being number one or coach or whatever it may be, you've got to give yourself every chance of success. You know, you, you've got to if you're going to, if your job's a bricklayer and your job is to go and build a build a big wall, a six foot wall, and you haven't got enough bricks or you haven't got the tools, you're going to fail in your job. And we've got to make sure here that 
we're comfortable. I'd hate to, we could sit and nod our heads and go, yeah, that's great, no problem. And December time, it's not working, we're frustrated, look back and go, I wish you'd been honest. Back in, you know, back in February, March, I wish we'd said, really spoke our mind. And we're not like that. We, we will, rightly or wrongly, we will speak our mind. And you'd rather be honest now for the good of ourselves, for the players and the staff, and of course, the supporters. I just think you've got to know what your areas of responsibility are. You've got to know, you know, your reporting lines, who you're responsible for, who you answer to, all of these type of, these are key questions. These are really key questions. And as I say, I think the statement was very good. It answered a lot of those questions, but we've got to be comfortable that we can, we can go forward as we think it's a, the right route to take. But don't forget, it's Matthew's club, enormous amount of investment. He's absolutely right to, to run the club the way he sees fit. Every respect for, for doing that because it's, you know, as I say, when you invest that much money and continue to invest it, it gives supporters the security that their club is safe. He wants to do it a certain way and you have to, you have to respect that. The Warburton moment, the Warburton era. That was a, a massive change, like I said to you, in the club. I think that's a massive change for us as besotted as a podcast because all of a sudden things were just very different. Very different for us, the outlook and life. That's really interesting. But I mean, just going back to that season because that first season again in the Championship, we were, Brentford were just happy to be here. You know, you can imagine us, a little third stroke, fourth division club in the Championship. We just wanted to, like I said to you, just, just to stay in that, that, that league. And we were doing really well. And we were really happy to be there. We played loads of games, podcasts came out, still a little bit shambolic, but a bit of a laugh then. We did it at the time. Um, but we went to some great games. We we, we recorded every single one. I'm just wondering, just going around here, what was your favourite game that season? What's your dad man? Uh, the the four one against Fulham when we beat Fulham. Oh, the six six in the uh, cup against Dagenham Redbridge. That's win. So yeah, someone else this. Two one Fulham at home. Uh, it's, it's Fulham away. I, I, we're allowed to say the same one again, aren't we? I mean, it was because that remains probably one of my favourite games of all time. That was that. Wasn't. What about yours, Doc? Did you like that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll be the only one around the bloody table who doesn't say four one for the away. <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Loyal. Yeah, I mean four one for the away was uh, the best, but most memorable was the two one loss to Watford uh, when just, just after we'd heard that uh, Warburton was leaving. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a real shocker and it was like a really strange game but we played brilliantly that game yeah, brilliantly. and they all got, when they scored they scored the goal I think Andre Gray scored the goal and they all ran over and hugged yeah. him didn't yeah. they that was that was, that was was a bit of a moment wasn't it it, it was it was. I mean I, I still remember it I mean it was just like amazing and it was just a, just a, such a weird strange time yeah and, and I think the thing was because in that, in that season we had 2-1 Fulham game where we hadn't played Fulham for years we hadn't played Fulham for 13, 14, 15 years and we played them and this hotter in the last minute scored uh, a goal again check out the podcast if you can do on that one um, on beprideofwest.london because it was mayhem in the pubs afterwards with the fans talking about that as well but also like I said to you when we went to Fulham itself we took boats down the river we took an armada of boats we went there we had the whole away end we had 7,000 fans in the away end and it was an absolutely it just couldn't have been a better day out. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful day, sunny day, boats down the river, good drinking beforehand. 7,000 fans, we sung our hearts off and then we beat them 4-1 as well. Tremendous moment, one of the best games that I've ever been to, I have to say. And the podcast for that was absolutely tremendous, wasn't it, lady? It, it, just the fact it annoys the Dutchman so much is it, 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 worth mentioning that game again. But, yeah, no, it, it was. But, you know... 
I have I've not watched the goals back for this, but I've watched them back recently. And you know, the, the Stuart two Stuart Dallas goals were were incredible. The Alan Judge free kick was out of this world, and the Jota goal as well was just a beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, but I, I still I still think the euphoria after coming away from Ellen Road winning one nil. Um, we were we were dancing on on the train on, on that carriage on the way back, and um, I, that that's the happiest I've felt coming back from an away game for a long, long time. Probably the happiest since um, we beat Blackburn in the FA Cup. And that's not in I think you know there's, there's obviously been good away wins, but not many to that level and, and the fact it was Leeds and, and the fact it was Leeds yeah and I, 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 I just I just thought that that was it doesn't get any better than this and we've, we've talked about what happened the next day with, with, with Warburton etc but, but it was an incredible season and for, for us you know as a podcast and, and, and because of that story we had to kind of we felt we had to take we had to kind of like I thought even even though the, the, the wheels looked like they were coming off I thought no no I, I actually believed that things were going to carry on and get better still and um, it felt like we were kind of outliers at some points for, for suggesting that you know Benham wasn't an ogre for, for wanting to run the club in a different way so yeah I, I've, that season will always be special to me um, re, you know regardless of how it finished I think Laney talking about the best away games and coming home and stuff I, I remember the uh, Norwich away we, we came, I think it was that season we beat them and we came home and we was on the quiet coach on the train and we were just singing all the way home quiet quiet coach <laughs> quiet quiet coach and it was just brilliant everyone you know even the people who were, weren't with us were just laughing all the way through it it's brilliant that's right and like I said to you like that Fulham game it was on the 3rd of April 2015 as well Brentford were down there we absolutely smashed them we spanked them and for us it's like it was the, the culmination of bees up Fulham down we had gone up you know Fulham had come down and we absolutely annihilated them and they were not happy at all if you want to hear a little clip from what was going on that day in Fulham just listen to this podcast um, I really love Fulham. They've lent us their ground today and we've absolutely destroyed them on it. All round the park, we were better than man for man. Six and a half thousand Bees fans are absolutely ecstatic. Roof off four times today, absolutely top performance. There was a lot of Bees up Fulham down. 4-1 win at Fulham, our neighbours, and um, there'll be a few Brentford supporters will look at this today and they will say, I was there on, um, is it Good Friday? That's right. Good Friday. good Friday. It's Good Friday. Well, and it was a great Friday for us, wasn't it? So there you go. Absolute mayhem in Fulham, you know. So... <laughs> But the funny thing is, I say funny thing, but a month later, the only is that we sort of stumbled into the into the playoff semi, into the playoff semis as well because we 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 I think we went to what was it we went to oh, I thought we went to, to Derby and we were meant to get a result at Derby I think it was and we didn't quite get the result we wanted to and we weren't quite sure whether or not we we're going to get the playoff final but then the final game of the season came and I think that you know whoever it was I think it was oh, I can't remember Derby or whoever it was yeah. Like, eh? yeah no we played Wigan but I think it was Derby and something like didn't get the result that they were meant to and we actually ended up finishing fifth place and we got into the playoff final so all of a sudden it's like these, these dreams that it was just it was just a complete and utter madness wasn't it so again it was almost like the way that we managed to document it the, po- the podcast documented that whole season which was meant to 
be sort of a kind of treading water season, but it was just full of euphoria. And it kind of ended up, first of all, us kind of getting to the playoff semis, you know, so the Wigan game. And we saw the Wigan game, and then us going up to No, no, no. We went to Wigan, last game of the season. We did get was against Wigan, right? Final game of the season when we actually got into the playoff semi final. And then we got that, which is like, wow, we didn't think we were going to do it. And then we did. We came down that. And then we had Middlesbrough home and away when we had. By that stage, we were very good friends with Borough fans. They used to come down in their droves. They used to come down the globe. They used to take the place over. We used to have a little bit of a laugh. Only because right. they beat us, they were friendly. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and the thing is, we, you know, I did my coach, what coach? Um, up to Middlesbrough as well we did you know like an old school I haven't done a coach for about 15, 20 odd years I did my first coach for a long time we went up to Middlesbrough I had a little stop off we had a little stash of beers inside there and everything like that which is a which is a laugh we stayed at probably the most horrible hotel that we could ever stay in life it, they had they had stinging nettles in the hanging baskets outside <laughs> and, and that was a fact absolute photographic evidence they were stinging nettles that's right and we went I remember, sorry, I remember asking when we checked in saying uh, where's the toilet he said there's a sink in the corner of your room <laughs> and, and um, when you went into the room you had to put your shoes on <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best but it was a cheap it was a cheap tour well, there's a uh, there's a bed bug epidemic at the moment I think it started there <laughs> that's right so but like I said see, that was the culmination that season we went there the, t- the pubs that we had found at the beginning of the season which were like two houses that had just been knocked in we'd gone back at the end of the season there were like about ten houses knocked in because <laughs> it's just become so popular that whole area we had such listen we lost that game we we, we didn't win the player final but it was such an emotional moment and I remember speaking to the fans after the game about that because one minute you were like upset because you thought we're going to get the player final but other times that you're also proud and if you listen to you know what the fans had said in their voice it was, it was amazing wasn't it? it? It was amazing and if you remember the the last five or ten minutes of the game the whole away end was singing you know we, we, we love you Brentford we do and, and the, the, I remember um interviewing a, a, a Brentford fan at the end and he just said I, I'm paraphrasing not word for word he was kept he kept saying no I'm so proud I'm so proud of this club I'm so proud to be a Brentford fan and you know if it, it's not often I, 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 I cry but it, it was very emotional and we got well beaten that's that's not it wasn't a close game we got beaten 3-0 so, but the Brentford support was 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 excellent, and they didn't turn on the team. That they were there celebrating what had been a brilliant season. And, and to be fair, I think what you were kind of conveying was so important for me. So at the time I was at uni, so I didn't get there for the game. But being able to live it through you guys and seeing that actually, you know, I could kind of take kind of Pete and the fact that you guys were all going through the same feeling I was at the time of just that kind of just that deflation at the end of such a, a kind of weird and wacky season. I mean, funny enough, that, that's what we was kind of saying as well, you know, can't really believe that we end up in fifth somehow in all of that. And yet somehow there we were, you know, competing. And then the, the mad disappointment, it was stunning special. And so glad that the, the podcast was there to bring us all together with that moment, you know. I think the other thing people forget as well, in the first leg, we only let in that goal in a 90-something minute. It was 1-1 and they scored in 91st, 92nd minute, I think. And that really changed how we had to play in that second leg because we, we went in there a goal down. And you do wonder how different that would be. Uh, and my other memory from the after getting out of the hotel alive and going to the game really was the kind of the Warburton farewell really that game you know the love shown towards him even though he was going at the end and he was I don't get him to be a particularly emotional man but he was proper emotional that day and that was 
that was a good that was a good moment. It's a good moment as well. So listen, just, we're just going to sort of take you back to that Middlesbrough game as well. After the game, the vibes that we had, like you know, in the stadium, we had lost three 0 on the day. We'd lost two one at home to Middlesbrough. So it was like you know, it, it was a big, 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 big moment for us as well. We we're so proud, even though we'd lost. But that's what it's all about because we love a club. Win or lose, as we say, we're on the booze. <laughs> That that was the highlight. Quarter of an hour to go. Unified singing. Who would want to miss that moment today? Brentford fans singing towards the end. Last 15 minutes, they were singing for the absolute, manager, singing for the team. Singing. Absolute top moment. 15 minutes of solid singing. Benham Warburton up there. What a great season! There and it was the bonding was fantastic. And we, we, we lost, but who would want to miss that moment? It reminded me going back to Martin Allen and, and, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday because I don't think we've had that sort of team bonding with the fans to that, that level since then and it really felt like we were all together and it, it, it was emotional I mean, it's going to be a very, very strange pre-season for us because we always sort of know where we're going with Brentford but I don't think any of us quite know what's going to happen in, in the start of August and it's, it's exciting but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new challenge for us as well So we've got the original podcast crew here in the house here as well but also in the virtual joint we were able to bring some of our old friends back to just give us a little bit of thoughts on their vibes on Besotted. Hello, Liberal Nick here. Delighted to be asked to contribute to the 1000th recording of a Besotted podcast. Had so much fun doing them over the years. Um, you can now hear me most times post-match uh, giving the same sort of informed and erudite comments uh, after immediately after a game as I used to give uh, during the main weekly podcasts, the, we, the times that, you know, we've sat in a pub, always a Fuller's pub, of course, uh, recording. Clearly, I remember my first major memory is when Mark Warburton left us and we was, had recorded a whole podcast that evening, which we then needed to check with lawyers and others and sources, as Billy would say, tomato sources, uh, to make sure that uh, nothing we'd said in that pod was actionable. Um, and then also sitting one September evening outside the Griffin, uh, having recorded a podcast after Marcus Dykhausen's ninth game with us, uh, and it was nine games of uh, misery. Uh, but we'd record a podcast saying it wasn't the Brentford way to get rid of a manager so quickly, um, and therefore... Uh, no chance he'd be moved on. Just the minute we hit the stop button, then we find out that Marcus Dykhausen had been moved on and Billy needed to do a bit re-record. Re well, we all needed to re-record a podcast, this time getting off for about 11 o'clock at night on what was thankfully a warm evening. Um, yeah, we, we've sat at my kitchen table. As I've said, we sat around pubs. We've done it in coaches. We've done it on trains. It's been a fantastic ride and I've really enjoyed contributing to it. Here's to many more. Here's to 2000th, because who would have imagined when Thomas Frank took over, or and Dean Smith for that matter, the rise that we would have through the championship and then on into the Premier League. And now discussing how we line up against Manchester United, 
the Liverpools, the Man Cities, how we can take on some of the biggest clubs in the world with the biggest budgets in the world. Little old Brentford in our brand new, wonderful stadium. It's been an absolute roller coaster of a ride and I'm sure it will continue for many years. And I look forward to contributing for many years to the Besotted podcast. So from the virtual joint, I raise my virtual glass and say to all those who have contributed, to Billy and Dave in particular, Thanks for what you do. Let's move on. And 2000, here we come. Cheers. Hello, Besotted. XG Dave here. Huge congrats on the big 1000 episode. A huge big up to Billy and Laney for their energy over the years and all the other contributors to get to 1000 episodes and still have that same kind of energy and passion as if it was the first episode. It's just a massive thing to maintain. So well, well done. Um, So my first podcast episode was with Laney and Billy. And naturally, we met down the pub um, with me feeling a bit like an imposter coming on the podcast that I'd listened to for years. Uh, the pub was either the George the Fourth or the Roebuck on the Chiswick High Road. Um, and yeah, I was honoured to come down. And it was a time when we had some divisive characters playing for us. Um, so they were a hot topic. But the main protagonist at, at that time was um, Josh McEachran. Um So excitedly, I came onto the podcast um, I've been thinking about it all day and I, I'd gone on to Y Scout to do a little bit of research on McEachran and I printed off all these stats and pieces of paper and bits of data on um, all the positive things Josh McEachran had done and I wanted to talk about them and, and talk about the, the positive stuff he'd done in games and make a case for the lad um, to counteract that view that he just passes he passes sideways and does nothing with the ball and, and all those sorts of opinions. But um, yeah, he was a divisive character and just thinking back... Uh, what he, the problems he had was he was just really poor off the ball, great on it, but just not good enough on it, off it. And um, he wasn't ever going to be a strong physical box-to-box midfielder and we needed to look after him and um, protect him in the, on the pitch. But yeah, the evening itself was um, Guinness fueled, if I recall. And it was a time when football was just in the midst or kind of towards the end of this big data revolution and things and talking about football was becoming a bit more evidence-based and... Um, yeah, I have to say, by the end of the recording, I'm not sure there was much evidence-based opinions coming out of my mouth after after a few Guinnesses. Um, but yeah, we move on. Um, but yeah, it's hard to nail down a favourite episode. Um, but anything liberal Nick does or says is absolutely hilarious and gold dust. But um, a moment that does stand out was uh, Rusty B's rant about the Fulham fans leaving early and not celebrating their goal. Um, his anecdote about when the Fulham players go over to clap their fans, every fan will get a shirt because there's only 12 left. It was just absolutely hilarious. But yeah, it was a round that only Rusty could perform in in the way he does. Um, so yeah, great, great to listen back to. Um, and yeah, thinking back to a favourite venue, I reckon I'm probably the only one that's going to pick this, but I, I really like the Love Sports Studio time. It was when, um, it was when Brentford had a radio slot. The radio slot was a thing and it would be myself or Laney or Billion myself or Robin the Hood McMichael or even Gary Paul I think a few times as well we'd rock up to Love Sport Studios in um, Waterloo that Lambeth Edge and we'd cross paths with fans of the big old Premier League clubs like Arsenal or Watford who would just finish up recording just before us and they'd just be miserable at how disappointing their lives were for not winning every single Premier League match (laughs) and we were winning a lot back then so it was nice watching them being a bit miserable and moaning about how lucky they were (laughs) anyway enough of me ranting um Great stuff on the podcast numbers, guys. Um, and cheers to the next 1,000 episodes. UBs. 
Russell Air, or sometimes known Rusty B, which I call myself after the famous TV chef. Um, congratulations, uh, guys, on your thousandth podcast. Um, many good memories of being on the podcast in a uh, great away days. I think the first one I was ever on was against Crawley, where we were running through Gatwick Airport trying to find a cab because we were so late getting to the game. Memorable ones, I think um, Sheffield drew United away when Jerry had booked the trains to get in at, I think it was half 10 in the morning for a 7.45 evening kickoff because it was about £3 cheaper than the, the later trains. And I was saying, what are we going to do now? And we walked into the uh, brewery tap at Sheffield Station and there's Dave and Bill already in there tucking into a, a few beverages. That was another great, uh, done the podcast in Barry's Bar in Sheffield. And I always remember that in the Barry's Caribbean bar when I ordered five pints of Red Stripe and he said, it's 10 quid. And I said, it can't be 10 quid. And he said, it's 10 quid. And he counted out the five drinks. Two, 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 two. Great day. And I think, I can't remember if that was the match where we ended up with nine men, but just a fantastic day out as uh, many of the away days have been. Um, I think I was the first person to use the C word on the podcast as well, which I'm not proud of. And I think I got rolled a few Fulham fans last year commenting about how they'd all gone home with 10 minutes to go. Uh, but yeah, congratulations again. It's brilliant listening to the podcast and the fine work that you put into Brentford and how welcome you make us all feel. And it's always good catching up and seeing you all. So uh, raise a glass to you and keep up the good work. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, there you go. Originals as well in the house there. We've got XG Dave. You remember him? XG Dave was the original stats man. We've been for a few stats people since, but he was the original stats man who came on our pod as well. And also, of course... Who could ever forget Liberal Nick? He was, he was, I wouldn't say a divisive character, but when you say divisive in the fact that you know, people loved him, or people are like going, what the hell is he going on? And it was brilliant. We used to have some fantastic laughs with Liberal Nick in the studio stroke pub, as we call it. He used to live just down the road here in Richmond, so he used to be on every single podcast. Obviously, he lives a little bit further now, so it's not as easy for him to come, so we catch him on post-match as well. But again, miss him. Miss him a lot on the podcast, because it used to be a right good laugh where we used to go there with Liberal Nick. Uh, memories of Liberal Nick, XG Dave, boys. Oh, Liberal's what like he's one of my favourite guys to do the podcast with. The guys and girl of the guys and girls that have done the podcast. I, it, it was brilliant. He, I think we always like. I always sort of corrected him. I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, Liberal, but I reckon the the, the story um, at the Griffin. I, I think that story is slightly different. I, I think what it is is I think it's when Lee Carsley has taken over as caretake manager, as caretaker manager, and we're recording the podcast. Probably me, Laney, Billy, and yourself, and, and maybe there are others. But we're sitting around a table, and Laney takes a phone call, and he, Laney goes, "Oh, oh, oh, Jim Levac, I better take this." 
And Lainey's going, oh, yes, Jim. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, Jim. What, what, Jim? Okay, okay. And he puts the phone down. And, and, and Jim's in the press conference. And, and, and Lee Carsey's been announced as our caretaker manager. And the first thing he said in the press conference is, I don't want to do this job. <laughs> and so, therefore, we have to rethink a, a, a podcast we've just recorded saying that, you know, you know, this could work with Lee Carsey, blah, 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 and all of that. So, so slightly different to, to your memory, Nick. But and, and this, okay, for people that has a moment where we, we, uh, Warburton left, we just hired... No, no, Dyke, Dyke, sorry, no, no. But Warburton had left, we just hired a new manager within not even two months of him being the manager he wasn't the manager anymore and we thought we were moving on to another manager who told us that he didn't want to be the manager yeah exactly I, mean, I don't think we ever announced Lee Carsley as the permanent manager but we definitely were under the impression he was going to become the head coach for at least just enjoy the job yeah and at least enjoy the job rather than say in his first press conference yeah I don't want to do this yeah yeah I mean Liberal Nick is a, a star of the show obviously <laughs> Uh, but I realised quite soon that uh, his views on politics and his views on football are pretty much the same. They seem to make sense at first, but then you realise that they don't at all. <laughs> That's right. Again, actually, Dave, it's interesting because obviously, you know, to talk to the club, they used to talk to us about, you know, um, about the stats. And they almost like educated us. Like, they, they'd tell us, you know, don't worry, you know, we've just sold, um, you know, Andre Gray, but we're going to get somebody else who, you know, who in our world we think is a lot better. You know, Scott Hogan, like, yeah, what are you talking about? You know, this, Andre Gray is the best striker in the world. But they taught us slowly how to actually kind of come around to their way of thinking because eventually they were, they were right. Nine times out of ten, they were right. They, they kind of did that. But they taught us from their point of view. But when actually came on as well, he was like massively into his stats and he kind of also kind of gave us a little more of a statistical view and then came onto the show and used to talk about things from a statistical level it was it was very different wasn't it Laney? yeah it, it was and we you know as a club we got a lot of shit for you know xg wankers and you know we were we, we, we were kind of rid- cheap wankers yeah, we, were yeah. ridiculed, <laughs> we were ridiculed and we and, and to a certain extent we, we kind of still are but you know we, we we we've achieved success by having to do things differently and we had you know decades of failure by trying to do things the way everyone else did but didn't have the spending power and we've we've got to the top flight obviously by spending a lot of money as well but by by using Benham's bespoke stats and you know any, anyone that disputes that you know needs to have their heads tested because without Benham we we would be back in league three at best so you know we we've we've shared this journey and and you know having 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 um people you know come on the pod like xg dave and and liberal they kind of contrast each other because liberal you know i love i love the guy nick um and he, he very much shoots from shoots from the heart, you know, and, and he's not actually evidence based. Sometimes, when, <laughs> when, when, ever, 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 <laughs> ever, when he when he discusses the game, and it, but he is he is in life, you know, he's he's a he's a highly intelligent and uh, you know I wouldn't use the word intellectual because, <laughs> but you know, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's one of the you know one of the cleverest guys I know. Um, but he he will just say say it as he feels it. In the heat of the moment, and and I, I think you can't. Not a load of nonsense, but what you're saying. Well, I, I think I've I've personally given him quite a quite a rough time on the podcast over the years, but that, <laughs> but but that's you know I'm I'm opinionated, and you know that's you know. You know, when, when John Terry's mum's been on a couple oh, of... Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think we should do a spreadsheet liberal 
combo. I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> the, the randomness of the liberal, who's one of the loveliest people I know, with the, the stats analysis of a, a JB or an XG Dave. I think that would be brilliant. Spreadsheet liberal, that, that's what's coming. And, and again, that is kind of the point of the podcast, isn't it? Is to look at all different sides of things. Because, because you know, probably a lot more people watch football the way Nick watches it than the way XG Dave watches it. But the beauty of it is, though, is that then you're hearing about the love between them as well. You start to realise then that actually that is entirely the Brentford fan base in kind of microcosm. That's it. You see, you know, the love of people that are there just standing there on the terraces, the people that like the kind of spreadsheet kind of, you know, data approach. And yet that is our entire fan base. And yet we've all now grown into that kind of melee of both, somewhere and, in between. And, and to try and get different people's opinions on without it being aggressive and confrontational. You know, we've had... On the pod, we've had a lot of a lot of people that we, we you know we, we don't agree with what they say, but we it, it's only right that if they they they've got an opinion on the game, they love Brentford as much as we love Brentford. We we never doubt that, but we it, every, everyone's got a different view of the mythology that gets you to success. Um, so you know, I think I think we've done pretty well to get a, a, a big spread of different opinions. Definitely. Um, and, and just moving on, okay, so like we've talked about the Dykehausen era, which is basically moving us into Brentford's steady era, because after the Dykehausen era and then the Lee Carsley weird moment, okay, and then and then and then Dean Smith came on board. And basically Dean Smith was a, a, a just a steady pair of hands, as they called him. He was a steady pair of hands which steadied our ship. At the moment we needed somebody just to take care of things, to, to basically sort of almost like weed out the old school that we had and bring it into the new school. So we had all these young players coming from abroad and from elsewhere. We had the old school players saying, oh, this is my dressing room, like, you know, and he had to just kind of sort that thing out. So again, we went through that whole period, which is like I said to you, was really, really um, quite interesting. But also we can feel... Um, not only with the club, but also with us as a podcast, we started to get, you know, regularly we were doing a podcast and, and, and literally at a different pub every single week in and around London. I mean, we were going to go through the list of the different places that we did it in before. So we did that every week and it would come out. We'd record it on a, on a Wednesday night. We'd get to the pub at 7 o'clock. We'd leave the pub at 11.30. I'd take an hour and a half to get home at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'll be editing it till 4 o'clock in the morning. Put the podcast up. It'll be up by 7 o'clock in the morning. Boom. We did that every single week and we got into a routine and we knew kind of how to do it. And the club had got into routine about how to be in the championship and they became an established championship side and Dean Smith just basically kind of just took us to another level it was really really you know interesting to see the growth and how Brentford had gone from a team that was like are we going to stay in this division to like actually we're doing all right aren't we now interesting in that growth as well we had a period where we had an academy and basically, all the top players who, and it, most of the top players, when they, you know, they got to a level in the academy, we had a couple of players that got nicked by the major, uh, and, and, and the clubs said, we're not having this anymore. And so they scrapped the scheme and they set up a B scheme. It was controversial at the time because people weren't happy about it as well. They're saying, you can't scrap your academy, you're going to be a football club. But we said, look, at the end of the day, you know, we haven't got loads of money. We need to make sure that we're going to sort of kind of, you know, we, we, we're going to sort of nail down, you know, what assets that we have, and this is the way that we're going to do it. Now, what was. A really telling moment for us is that you know we had a, a relationship with um, one of um, a, 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 one of the I was going to say senior, but he was one of the up and rising stars at Brentford at the time. I used to speak to him all the time. He's a lovely, 
honestly, he was a lovely, lovely bloke, okay? And, you know, I used to talk to him about Besotted and what we were doing, and he'd ask us questions, and, you know, he would tell me stuff that he's doing and telling me how he's trying to build the team that he's got, the B team, and he's put in charge of creating this whole B team. And we used to chat, like I said to you, whether or not it's on WhatsApp or chatting all the time about bits and pieces, formed a really great relationship with this guy called Rob Rowan, who became, like I said to you, our technical director. And he was the person who became responsible on growing the B team, actually, the B team, and sort of bringing players like, you know, um, Josh De Silva and other players into it and just that whole centre, you know, for, for years. But what was lovely is that he just called us up one time and he said, look, I want you guys to just know, and guys and girls, to know what I'm doing and what it's about. So come around to my house and we can have a little chat. We'll have a little bit of breakfast and then I'll take you to a game. So we actually went to Rob Rowan's house. We sat down there. We had a little chat with him in his front room. Then we went downstairs, had a little bit of breakfast, talked about it a little bit more. And then he took us to a game in the afternoon where Brentford were playing QPR. Um, the B team were playing QPR, B team, and then Brentford were playing Reading that evening. And so that for me was a really sort of kind of quite a pivotal moment for us as well and for the club because we got a real insight as to what was going on with the B team and we would be able to come out and we did a podcast we recorded it and we were able to tell everybody what that what what, what Brentford's mission and aim was with the B team what a lovely guy Rob Ryan was yeah I mean it was Valentine's Day as well wasn't it? We, we went we went as you said he invited us up to his flat in Ealing um, and we went for breakfast downstairs and then he, 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 he just really made us feel welcome and just talked to us. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a kind of a brainwashing mission. It was just kind of like, this is what we're up to. Um, come and come watch the game. And, you know, I remember you standing there with Dean Smith up on that raised, raised kind of um, um, concrete stand thing at, at the training well, ground. The cafe, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the QPR training ground. And Thomas Frank. And Thomas Frank. Yeah, and Thomas Frank, of course. But we, you know, at that at that stage, we didn't we didn't certainly didn't know that you know how it was going to pan out. And Dean Dean Smith is probably someone we should probably got on the, the podcast a, a fair bit more. But um, the club were growing at that stage, and it it, it, it became less close. Less, you know, and I think it became a bit more for want of a better word, professional, and it became a little bit more separated. Um, and it needed to happen, probably. But, you know, Dean, um, he, he, he's a very good storyteller, and I'm, I'm sure we could have got some good content out of him. But on that day, I remember, yeah, Rob, Rob had a, 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 he had a, all, he had all the time in the world for us, and um, you know I, I, I will treasure always that that day I spent with him because as a club we still miss him, and um, you know having his name against the academy um, facility now is uh, you know as a, as a lasting legacy, and um, it will always be there. That's right, and, and like I said to you, I mean Laney can't say any more that I've said as well. He was a lovely bloke. We had, we had a, like it was a great afternoon that afternoon, lovely sort of uh, lo- lovely afternoon, sort of quite sunny, a little bit nippy, and like I said to you. you you know, I spoke to Dean Smith a lot that day. Again, he told us a lot of stuff, a lot of information, just told us straight as well. But I remember that's the first time I'd also met Thomas Frank. And Thomas Frank had been bought as an assistant to Dean Smith as well. Very clever Brentford because they brought him in even though he was quite you know, experienced in, in, in Denmark. But they obviously they convinced him, said, listen, you know, at some stage you're going to be manager. So you come in, you learn the ropes, you learn, you, le- you learn the players' jokes, like, you know what I'm saying? You learn how we, you know, how we live over here because we bought Dykosen over here. And when he came here, he didn't know anything about, you know, he didn't know anything about our culture, about our players. And this is not a disrespect on him, that's the case. He used a knife and fork. That's right. He did eat fish with his hands, man. Marius Dykosen. <laughs> <laughs> we tell the story, we did tell the, we told the story before, but we actually took Marius Dykosen out on his first day as manager as Brentford. We actually took him out even before he'd even met the players as well. And we, we 
he got him a little bit drunk and then he, he ate fish with his hands. We went down to the one over the eight and again, you know, this, this was his first day in the job or second day in the job and we, we were having a few beers with him down, it was a beautiful sunny day out on the balcony in one over the eight and we all ordered food and he ordered, you know, fish, fish and chips and he started pulling it apart with his hat, bare, bare hands like he was like foraging in the forest and he, he, just, started, he just started eating it and we were looking, they say these Dutch are weird and, uh, but yeah, so we always sing he eats fish with his hands, he eats fish with his hands, Mariners Dijkhausen, he eats fish with his hands. <laughs> so like I said to you, moving on from Dijkhausen to Dean Smith and like I said to you, that whole era uh, and, then, and then Rob Rowan. So, um, but like I said, you met Thomas Frank for the first time, and like I said, we bought him. They brought him in just to learn the trade. And I remember him while Dean was being really cool and chat to me. Thomas was analysing the game, and he kept on running over to Dean and goes, "We should be doing this. We should be doing that. We should be doing this." And I think obviously what the club had done, they brought in a very sort of technically minded person to work in alongside Stroke underneath Dean Smith to give a different angle on that as well. So that was very clever. But listen, what we're going to do is that we're going to take you back, and you're going to have a little listen to us that day that we spent with Rob Rowan when we found out everything we needed to know about the B team. We thought, who's the best person to give us the lowdown on the B team? But Rob Rowan. Rob Rowan, how are you doing? Not bad, thank you. Yourself? I'm all right, man. Now, first of all, I've got to ask you, what exactly is your title? What is your role? What do you do in Brentford? Um, my role is Head of Football Operations. Um, I work pretty much closely with the B team. Um, involved in little parts with the first team, but significant involvement with the B team. Now, I mean, you've obviously been very much involved in this whole building of the B team when the, the academy closed, and then you were one of the main people put in charge of building this B team. What is the strategy behind the B team? Um, we have a three-year plan for it to become established, so... The first year, like any other sort of business, is just the start-up where we understand we'll come across a few faults in the way. Um, we want to be competitive this year, have a good games programme. If we're competitive, we'll get those fixtures again next year, which will mean we'll be more attractive to players of a higher level than previously. And we want to promote one player to the first team by the end of the season. I think you're, you're almost putting the non-negotiables in place for the club in 5, 10, 15 years. We have far more flexibility. We can play against any level of opposition, whether it be a team that's stronger than us, less opponents compared to us, teams out with the country, first teams. And also we get the flexibility of creating almost scenarios. So, for example, a Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday experience, which the players need in order to become first team players. I would say that's probably the key The key difference is the ownership it gives us over our programme and our set-up. The B-team ethos, I mean, the B-team has been started fairly recently and, you know, when the uh, the academy was shut down, Brentford came under a lot of stick. But, you know, from, from what I can gather, the way that the B-team has sort of kind of grown over the last six months or so, you, uh, Brentford seem to be very happy with it. Yeah, we are. I mean, you know, it's it's obviously disappointing to a lot of people that the academy went, you know, parents alike. Um but you know, we, we had a plan of what we wanted to do and we wanted to give more, more players the better, a better chance of making it into the first team squad. Uh, I feel with the B team system at the moment, it's working. Um, you know, Reese Cole has been with us you know, and trained with us for the last 
two months he's been on the bench for us you've got Ilias who's been on the bench this season for us uh, James Ferry's been pushing um, you know so we've got a large number of these players uh, obviously Mepham got his debut as well against um, uh, Eastleigh in the Cup so we've got some really good players and we're hoping that we can provide a pathway that we didn't feel we could have with the, with the academy So there you go I mean Rob Rowan the Rob Rowan revolution that moment absolutely pivotal to Brentford especially where we are now well that's it and actually the whole of the B team revolution and actually Vsauce being part of that process I mean I remember one of my favourites I remember was the uh, I'm, I'm going to turn to Sab for the pronunciation of the surname but Ilias from the B team when he was on and he was chatting with you guys in the podcast was was so enlightening that's it go on, go on Sab you know the words how do you say it <laughs> Quite, but a really fascinating interview. And again, it's one of those, again, where I didn't really know what to expect from the B team overall. But that was a really enlightening one about what we were doing, how we were doing things differently. And again, besotted right there at the cutting edge of what Brentford were doing. And we actually got, I mean, it's a Brentford player. We actually got the Brentford player down the pub doing a, doing a podcast of us. Friend of the fans, Dean Reese Cole as well. Reese Cole as well, who's still playing football as well. So he's come down as well. It's the city now. It's brilliant. That's right. Which is good. Yeah. The scariest thing Reese Cole ever said was, "You know, the players listen to your podcast, don't you?" <laughs> 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 what, 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 what did I say last week about Harley Dean? Oh yeah, that's why, and that's why Harley Dean already started threatening us actually because he used to love us at one stage, and all of a sudden he actually hated us. Like you know, which is which is which is all good. But like I said to you, um, but listen, I mean, we, we, listen, we're around the table, we're enjoying ourselves, having love, but we need to go back to our friends who have sent us a few little virtual messages coming across here as well we've got Robin Hood we've got Jerry the cabbie and we've also got Lord Lucan who are just giving their thoughts on the besotted 1000 podcast era hello everyone this is Jerry the cabbie here just wishing Bill Laney and all you regular podcast contributors uh, many congratulations a thousand podcasts bloody hell that must mean uh, about 10,000 teething tremendouses, at least 500 mentions of a video containing John Terry's mum and uh, several thousand away fans bemoaning the fact that how bad their team were in order for us to win. So wishing you all uh, a good evening and uh, every continued success and uh, very well done for promoting the beautiful club that is ours of Brentford Football Club. Good luck, everyone. Hi, guys. Robin Hood here. After 1,000 besotted Pride of West London podcast episodes, um, I think it's fair to say I am absolutely honoured and privileged that I've had the pleasure to contribute to the podcast over the years. I remember my first podcast was actually in the cross keys on the infamous transfer deadline day when we sold Harley Dean, Jota and Maxime Collen to Birmingham City. And sitting in the pub that day with Laney, Bill and Edward the Headwood, I couldn't imagine the trajectory that the club would have gone on to make its way to the promised land and compete very, very happily in the Premier League. It's always been a real pleasure to contribute to these podcasts and sit down for multiple hours and talk to like-minded fellow supporters of this wonderful club and swap stories and hear different opinions from such vocal and interesting characters that extend far and wide amongst the uh, the fan base of our club. From the radio shows I used to partake in and then uh, was very honoured when Laney and Bill very kindly uh, asked me to organise and host some of them to simply putting my opinions across uh, on WhatsApp or via voice notes and then actually contributing to other um, podcasts uh, from other clubs. It's been absolutely brilliant. 
but I think my favourite episode has to be uh, sitting in the distillers with uh, Jem, KTB and Laney, uh, where the Neil Malpay infamous stamp on John McGinn in Aston Villa and <laughs> uh, we ended up spending about uh, half an hour on the podcast talking about death in general. Um, so yeah, all manner of subjects coming across on the Besotted podcast. My, fav- my favourite venue was probably one over the eight because it was the place on which Brentford Football Club was founded. But honestly, with all the places we've been to and all the characters I've spoken to, it's just been an absolute pleasure to contribute to this amazing podcast. This is uh, Lou. I think I'm introduced as Lord Lucan, often on uh, the Besotted podcast. So yeah, it's been an honour to contribute over the years. I've sort of enjoyed my semi-retirement the last few years. Um, and I was trying to rem- re- remember, actually, the first sort of one I was involved. I can't remember, actually. It feels like it's always been there. It's really weird. And I was sort of going back and it's funny, I actually find myself sort of, you know, the, the with the YouTube stuff and everything, we sort of, it's quite um, amazing how long it's been going for. Um and yeah, yeah, it's just it just feels it feels like feel feels like I don't know Santa or something. It feels like it's all, someone who's always been there, and um, yeah, always enjoy it. Um, always have a good laugh. Always, um, you know, the drinks normally flowing. Um, I find Billy's um, orchestration via the pointy finger incredibly um, funny, but also uh, balletic as he sort of gets people in and out. Um, I don't know, I think as well, sometimes it's the venues as well make it. I remember like the amount of rowdy venues we've had, we've sort of had backdrop, which actually it probably should be, being a football podcast, backdrop of stag do's and hen do's and birthday parties. I remember there was one on a boiling hot day and I wore a bloody Brentford top on the tube, like one of the old 70s ones or something, 80s ones. And um, I think it was in the cut in Southwark or the Ring. It might be in the Ring pub. When I got there, it was probably I stank. It was probably the first ever podcast we nearly did in Smellovision, um, as well as sound. Um, and you know, thanks to everyone for putting up with that. Uh, but yeah, always love it. Um, love chatting to knowledgeable people, having your views challenged, uh, like the ones with some decent, decent other fans on as well. That we've heard him before, um, you know, the, um, the the Millwall lads actually were quite funny um, a few years ago. They were good, good humoured group, um, yeah, and um, yeah, just sort of really enjoyed it. I remember getting battered once in what was it Monument? I think when we had Island Records were doing that link up with Fullers, and we were having the really strong Jamaican stouts. Um, and yeah, I think that probably sent me into a time warp. Probably sort of, I lost, lost my, um, lost my focus between, between that podcast and the next. Uh, but yeah, absolutely loved it. Keep them coming, um, to the next thousand, um, by which time we probably would have qualified for Europe. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Uh, well done, Bill and Dave. Excellent job. So I mean, there you got it. I mean, we've got three characters in a row there straight away as well. Like, you know, and uh, you've probably heard them on podcasts many times as well. You know, again, you used to come to the podcast. Like I said, you podcast in town, out of town, all over the place. Lord Luke can, like I said to you, character himself, Rusty B. He talked about his story about the Fulham as well. And obviously he's very proud of her. Uh, he was one of the very first people to have mentioned a particular word on this podcast as well. But no, no, like I said, but there are, I'd say there are... 
characters are plenty when they said. Yeah, I think my, my favourite was um, uh, Martin Allen. Uh, it was one of the socials and it was recorded but never actually uh, released. It's one of those uh, secret, secret ones that only we were sort of party to and basically he swore every other word well it was only that but also I thought I thought not libelous but I thought he could get himself to trouble the stories that he was telling yeah and what I managed to do was during the Push Up Benford's film we interviewed Martin Allen and he did a fantastic interview for two hours it was really long really brilliant every story that he told us in the in the, in the pub uh, he told us on there but he was a uh, he was more well behaved, so he didn't swear, and he wasn't libelous, and uh, it was it was actually uh, released as a uh, podcast by Besotted. So that was, that was a great two-hour podcast of Martin Allen. That was my favourite. That's, right, that's right. And you got to say to you, Pride of West London, you can check it out. That Martin Allen pod is not on there, but we keep saying we're going to put it up there sometime. We might. I mean, it's five or six years out of date, <laughs> <laughs> but we still might get it out there. Uh, any other characters? The Allard. Um, yeah, R- Rusty B's always made me laugh. He's probably made me laugh more than most, and 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 um, Lou as well. They're, those two guys just make just make me laugh loads. Um, but do you remember Cross Keys? Do you remember the blind date at Cross Keys? Um, where we saw. I, I can't quite remember. We were sitting there. And we just we're saw, waiting for the podcast to start. Exactly, we were waiting, and there was this guy there was sitting there was it the girl I can't remember One yeah, of the girl was there and the girl was on her own she was sitting there for ages yeah I think she looked at each of us as we came in in case we were her blind date <laughs> or maybe she didn't and then this other guy and then this guy comes in and we were like I, th- I think that's a blind date and of course Bill you couldn't help yourself well no no yeah, but that's right so we said we think it's a blind date but then we started the podcast and they're off in the corner chatting away and everything like that and it was a, it was a QPR game I think we were playing so we are playing QPR that's why we were at the, the cross keys because it was like one of the closest pubs to QPR that we were drinking at the time and we were chatting away and halfway through the podcast we went hold on a second let's go and have a chat with them so we actually interrupted their blind date <laughs> you remember that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and they had no interest in football at all, as I recall. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, he's not gonna. He's, he really isn't gonna do that, is he? And you, you did. <laughs> and um, and and he, you, you really ruined uh, ruined that ruined their date. But you know, I think it, for the pur- for the purposes of recording, beside it was it was gold dust. Um, other, and, no, but I said, but the thing is, it's the spontaneity. Because the thing is that oh, first no, of all, no. we've been sitting around waiting for the podcast to start for about yeah. an hour and a half. So we would probably about three or four pints in, <laughs> and then we started to do the pre-discussion about the and um, the podcast didn't probably start for about another two and a half hours. By that time, she'd be sitting there for a while. Oh. Quick question: How many pints do you reckon we've drunk during the thousand editions of the podcast? Oh, we go back to characters, but yeah. I reckon thousand editions. I reckon five thousand pints. What between what? what no, just, just each. Late <laughs> <laughs> lady. I reckon. Yeah. We, I reckon average. Okay, four four pints per edition on average. Well, there's a couple of you had a cups of t- cups of tea, didn't it? I can't remember those. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was, I was just, 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 just as a, just as a. Yeah. yeah. Just so listen, a, so we're gonna, but we might try and do a little calculation. We might put that out there, put it on Twitter, maybe put it on the socials, see mm. if you can come up with a figure. But let's just come back to the cross keys, like I said to you. There's the blind date issue, yeah. and in the end, we interrupted the blind date, and I and, think and that ruined, was, and, ruined. and it ruined. <laughs> so listen, we, we're gonna just give you a little clip of what happened in the cross keys for that Fulham game. It wasn't about the Fulham game, the QPR game. It wasn't about the QPR game. It was all about. The blind date. (laughs) 
We're at the Cross Keys in Stamford Brook, and there's a little bit of um, courting going on, as they date, call it. Date, date update, Bill. Date there's update. A, there, we have to give a little bit of a date update. And do 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 Barry, Barry. Barry, Barry Ashby. This is for the older lot out there. You know about the Barry Ashby blind date thing. But listen, there's been a blind date going on over the moment here. But I'll tell you something. I think that besides Pride of West London podcast, we might actually have to go... First marriage. Yeah. We might have to just take a little bit of a walk and see if everything is all good. Excuse me. Hello. We're doing the podcast today. And I just wondered, is this your first date? Uh, Yeah, it is. Uh, is Yeah. Okay. And how's how's it going? No? It's, 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 how's it going? It's not too bad? Yeah, it's fine. It's, fine. it's good. Listen, tell you something. I mean, we're not trying to intrude or anything like that because at the end of the day, we're talking about football here and, you know, we, we don't talk about this and that. But what we want to do is that we were trying to include you to make sure that you come down to the Mighty Mighty Bees because you will really, really enjoy it. And if you, would you like to accept our hospitality and come down maybe in a couple of weeks' time? You know what? It sounds tempting, but I've got to be honest with you, I'm a rugby fan. I don't really watch football. I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. I'm not not into football at all. I'm really sorry. Okay, that's not a problem. I'm just asking you. Obviously, you've got your date here as well. But if she said that she was into football, she wanted to go, would, would you would you go? I mean, are you into football? You're not not at all? No, no. Okay, so listen, listen, listen. It's not a problem at all, but listen. This is the mighty, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Anytime you want to come to, like, we'll give you a number. You can come down here. Um, I'm hoping that you, everything goes well tonight and, and, and we're giving you your best of, best of luck. Is it all good? Always good. Yeah. Always good. Okay. Enjoy yourselves tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, it's quite an interesting situation here with uh, the characters, uh, the rugby man. He wasn't interested in coming out of Brentford, so... Um, so fuck you. But, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's just not good, but um, I think the date's going well tonight, when, and, uh, which is all good. Which <laughs> is all good. Well, well. Yeah. And it's... Um, which is all good. So there you go, brilliant, that blind date, blind date was absolutely madness, but there were other, char- listen, other characters out there as well that you can remember as well. Um, I, thought, uh, I thought Gary Roberts um, was great, um, and I thought um, Bob Taylor was so, brilliant. Again, two ex-players. Two, ex- two ex-Brentford players, I think Billy Manuel was good when he came down, Bob Booker we've had. Um, God rest his soul, Francis Joseph. We've had Richard Cadet who fell off a chair because um, he got he got um, quite enthusiastic. And um, yeah, uh, Terry Terry Evans has been down a few times. Um, uh, yeah, we, and, we, and we used to get obviously opposition fans as well. Like I said yeah. to you, so we got you know we got um we got, and we got different opposition fans on the on the way. We got Newcastle fans in there. And again, going back to the hospital club. The hospital club was a club that I was a member of back in the day it's not there anymore because the pandemic shut it down and fortunately it was down Endor Street it was like a, a media kind of place that people used to hang out a really wicked place and that's when we started to do our first podcast as well and we used to do the fortune you know uh, everyone sort of kind of buying rounds of drink in the hospital club just to do a podcast like every kind of uh, every week but it was kind of quite a sort of kind of swish place or a flash place and like I said we even used to invite away fans down there I know there's a podcast with a with a, a Forest fan and a Derby fan in there as well so again these are the kind of things that used to do sort of bring people together it was kind of like I said a little bit of a laugh but I mean other characters as well that used to come down just just, just as anybody else the Allards remembers characters well and then you'd drag us to pubs and we had to like have beer with Fulham fans and like QPR fans which seemed a bit odd but but I do remember um, Paul Finney who's a brilliant QPR fan you know and it was a, and it was sort of introducing us to these sort of the same sort of characters as we've got that's right 
Yeah, that's it. And, I, and to be fair, also, that's it. Similar note, I remember, uh, was it Sammy from Fulhamish as well? Always a character that came up a few times, that was it. And uh, that was it. But also for me as well, Ryan Dilks as a person who was on there when we were in second tier was quite special, you know. At the time you thought, look, no, we really have made it. We're in kind of, you know, championship podcasts. And now look at us. I mean, we don't talk about now, but, you know. But, it but it's funny actually you talk about Sammy because obviously we know Sammy really well, but we used to take him on, get him on the podcast and absolutely just rip, <laughs> rip the piss out. I we weren't very kind to him at all and he was and he couldn't leave because he was like stuck in the studio for like three hours yes we used to buy him a few beers but basically we just used it as an opportunity to, to, to rip him and, uh, and, and, and and I think it sort of culminated in obviously this season when uh, when we played Fulham and then their Fulham fans left and, 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 and we found out he was one of the Fulham fans to have left you know, one of the one of the 2,000 Fulham fans to have left after 85 minutes and uh, he, 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 he tried to fight back but he didn't fight back very well and I just think that his reaction might have been just a culmination of him sitting in the studio with us and us taking the fits out of him for so long. Any other characters out there at all, Seb? Well, the obvious one is uh, Thomas Frank. I think that was a you know fantastic interview we had in, uh, in a pub in Barnes. And uh, uh, I remember off off um, off mic, he he kind of uh, we, we asked him about the, the next game. He says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win that two 0 The stats tell us that." And we won it 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the first person on the Celtic podcast ever to get a prediction right. <laughs> <laughs> and he never came back on it again. <laughs> Which is all good. So talking about, yeah. It's a 100% record for Thomas Frank. That's right, that's right. And look, I said to you, and that was another, that was another moment because, and, and again, and this is the honest truth, this is how it happened. It was actually at, um, it was actually at um, Rob Rowan's um, memorial at the ground. And Rob Rowan's memorial, at that stage, Thomas, the time before I'd met Thomas, Thomas was, uh, as we said, at the B team uh, with Rob Rowan had taken us in. In effect, he introduced us to Thomas Frank. And then sort of kind of a, a number of years, a couple of years later, because Rob, like I said, she very, very sadly died. And there was a memorial at the ground. And I was there afterwards and I was just inside the bar just sort of chatting away to some people. And then Thomas Frank just came up to me. He goes, oh, you Billy, you've been salted. And I was like, yeah. He goes, I want to come on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, all right. OK. He goes, no, I'd like to come on your podcast. And I said, that's cool. But just do you know how your podcast runs? We just do it from the pub all the time. I said, we ain't coming down the training ground because it's going to be dry if we do that. So if you want to come to the podcast, you come down the pub. He went, yeah, all right then. And so a couple of weeks later, he came down the pub, he sat down with us, and it was, just, it was like, and he was the loveliest bloke, the cleverest bloke. He's into football, really interested in you and your family and everything like that. And it was a really, it was, it was again, it was another pivotal moment, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, it was. And to be fair, I'm sure he'd come on it again if we asked him. And, and, and it, it's just the fact that, you know, these things take quite a while to arrange. And we probably should, because as you, as you rightly say, he's so knowledgeable and you can learn so much from him. Um, you know, is, is, there's more, is more, more in, his, in his brain about football than, than I'll, I'll ever know. And, you know, he is a tactical genius. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I will say, you know, um, we're, we're, we're so lucky to have him as someone. And I'll put my hand up now as someone who said he won't cut the mustard. And when he was on that sticky run at the very beginning of his reign, I, I was one of the few or not one of the few people one of the few people on the podcast that said I, I he ain't going to turn this around where you know we need to we need to be replacing him and I, I couldn't have got that more wrong and um, you know to, to have seen the way he, tu- he did turn it around and the way things have uh, you know gone from strength to strength and now we're established in the, in the Premier League it's uh, it just shows that you know serendipity meant that 
he was he was the man to finish off everyone else's kind of uh, transitions. And um, you know, I hope he's with us for a long time. Yeah, and and and, and, and a little bit after that as well. And we'll talk about that later. We had um, not only Thomas Frank, but we had um, Phil Giles, director of football, and and, and Rasmus Ankerson. We took him down the pub again. They came down the pub, and then they entertained what fifty fans that we had invited down to the pub. And again, it's one of those things with Brentford where you know you've got sort of special little little afternoon with the director of football of Brentford and you know two directors of football and they were there just having drinks and having a laugh and it was really great but just coming back to Thomas Frank let's have a little listen to what Thomas Frank had to say when he came down to the, I think it was the Red Lion in Barnes I mean by that stage we probably had done about 275 pubs on the, the Besotted tour as well and he was very happy to have ticked that off Thomas Frank down the Red Lion talking to Besotted I'm not even it wasn't it wasn't a dead cert for you because you're there in Copenhagen, you've just been manager of Bronby, who are one of the top three sides in Copenhagen. Somebody puts a call in going, excuse me, do you want to be assistant manager at Brentford? And you're like, probably, I've never heard of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? And, and no, no, you've got to move to London with your whole family to be at Brentford, right, when you're at, you know, Bronby. Surely you must have been thinking, what's going on here? Mm, yeah, to be fair, I was... Um after I, after I left Brambu, I, I wanted to be a head coach or manager again, um, but I also wanted to go abroad um, to yeah to get that challenge and experience we just talked about. Um, but uh, in football, you can't be too um, picky or too how can you say? Uh, you can't just decide your next job. It's so difficult just to get uh, those these these top jobs. Uh, so so the first time I heard that I should be an assistant manager, I was a little bit hmm, that was not what I was thinking about but uh, then I got over here and I uh, heard a story from from Rasmus uh, Phil and, and Matthew and and I spoke to Dean and, and Richard and um, after three meetings um, I think the, um, the idea was been growing on me uh, I could see hmm th- this could be quite interesting and uh, I love this challenge and um, you know what can happen if I do that a couple of years and then see what's happening so yeah, I think again, I think we should be um, we should be Brentford. We should do it in the way we believe in, uh, and if we do that well enough and and develop as I think the defensive is a fantastic example to take forward, because we've been conceding so many goals for the last five years in Championship. We don't do this year, so we are clearly doing something right in terms of training the organisation, getting the right players in, and training the mindset. So that's a clear area that we're working on, and now we just need to get the. Um, the, um, the offensive part of it up to to speed as well, which actually we did the last three games before Huddersfield. So I think we're in a, in a, in a quite good place. Um, and and a big thing we need to dream big, but we need to have an unbelievable focus on the next training, the next game. If we do too much thinking, oh, it could be so nice, and we want to, no, no, forget it. So we need to have an unbelievable focus every single day, and then maybe someday some magical will happen. That was Besotted's 1,000th podcast, charting the journey that Brentford fans and Besotted took from the B's promotion to the championship and stabilising themselves to become an established premiership team. Check out part two of Besotted 1,000 on prideofwest.london, where we relive the pandemic era. Fans having to watch matches at home and in various socially distanced establishments. Plus, we recap on Brentford's promotion from the championship, including that tremendous day at Wembley, and also their adventures in the Premier League, which is continuing as we speak. You can catch all 1,000 episodes on prideofwest.london. Also, check the description box, and we'll give you links to some of the podcasts that you've checked out on the show. Plus, don't forget to buy us a beer if you like what we do at besotted.com forward slash 
Europea. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.